Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Good morning, good afternoon, good day. Today's podcast is all about, let me just be, let me just be frank. It's all about breaking your mouth. What? What does that even mean? Breaking your mouth. Our next guest, it's truly a delight. She talks about the creation of a very innovative product that her and her co-founder have uh, conjured up in the kitchen. You're not going to want to miss one second of this, but yeah, I talk about breaking your mouth, a new term that I've never heard before. Breaking your mouth means it's so good that it literally breaks your mouth. Shiz Mataki. Mm, I want some of that. Whatever she's talking about, I want some of that. But it goes further than that. This whole episode talks about how a whole community is created over food and how that is the community we live in today. But it's about what community do you want to be involved in? Our guest talks about how that community is a shared culture. It's a shared culture passed down from generation to generation or even to make a more or a broader social change that honestly we need in this time of day right now. I'm just going to point it out there. This product, it could change the world. (laughs) Also, that food guys. It's the foundation of leading a conscious and healthy life. This food is. This food, which she and her partner hope, they hope to achieve the power to empower a more conscious consumer. And folks, to make a product that is just genuinely craveable. So please join me as I welcome this guest Stay tuned, put your hands together, you're going to love this, it's purely delicious, plus you'll learn a thing or two about just how much food waste is out there and how you can transform food waste into something magical and something that's going to prolongate your health. Stay tuned guys, on to the show, just being honest. We have a treat. We have a treat today, not just for your, well, your eyes. You can't see it. So it's a podcast, guys. This is the JBH podcast. We have a treat for your taste buds. Um, This is so exciting because you know me. You know that I'm all about sustainability. I'm all about, you know, eating what's right for your body but giving back to the earth. And I have a very special guest on today, my girl, Ashley Miyasaki. Seriously, she is the bomb. The first time I met her, I met her through a mutual friend, and we hit it off immediately. Um, She really kicked my butt because the first time we hung out, we went to this hardcore, what did you call it, Pilates on crack? 
It is like Pilates and crack. It's called Megaformer. Megaformer. Oh my gosh, you guys! If you're ever in LA, you've got to go to the Megaformer classes. <laughs> Seriously, your abs will burn for days. But anyways, I forgot that we even done that. <laughs> oh my god, I will never forget it. Are you kidding me? So, Ashley, welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast. Um, and guys, listen. Seriously, like turn up your volume because. <laughs> This stuff that we're going to talk about, and it's not just stuff, it's going to change your life. Ashley is the co-founder of this product called Pulp Pantry. Pulp Pantry. So you know that stuff you take out of your juicer, you know, and sometimes you, well, if you're really good, you compost it. Or if you're really, really good, you put it back into your salads as a topping. Um, but usually it goes away as waste and people just throw it away. Um, so Ashley's here today to tell us a little bit about her story. Um, first off, let's talk foodies. How'd you get started being a foodie? You grew up in yeah. Hawaii. I grew up in Hawaii, yep. And I grew up with an Asian family where food was really important and food was kind of this means of demonstrating love. And so anytime, for example, we would sit down to a meal and we would have something that my dad um, thought was really good, he'd be like, this is so good, like, broke the mouth, Ashley. Like, he'd literally say, like, you know, it's so good, it's going to break your mouth. And, you know, try this, this is the best part, right? Because that was the way that he demonstrated to me that he cared about me. And so for me, food has always been so integral and so important. And just this this common thread that brings people together as communities and unites us, right? No matter where we go, no matter who we meet, we all eat and have this shared experience and enjoyment over food. Oh my gosh, I love that. So tell us about like Hawaiian culture. Like a pair, uh, I mean, obviously Hawaii is part of the United States, but it's so yes. different. I mean, it's the culture so is so different. You know, if you're on the mainland of the United States, it's all about, you know, the fast food and the junk here, the junk there. What can we get for more, for less money? Um, tell us about Hawaii and how that kind of like, because I know you, but my listeners don't know you. And right. I just know that you are so informed, you're so innovative, and you're so culturally well-rounded that, like, I just, I want to know more. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I want to know more. Um, like, Hawaii. What yeah. type of innovations as far as food kind of stuck with you your whole life? And then when you moved, you moved to California for yeah. for school? Yep. I went to USC. Cool. So. Yep. so, Hawaii is really unique, right? Hawaii is this melting pot of cultures. And growing up, all of my friends were this mix ethnically, right? No one was just white or just Chinese or just whatever. Everyone was some mix. Um, and I think Hawaii is actually the only state in the United States that's majority Asian as well. Um, and in our state, we're majority Japanese. And you see a lot of those influences show up in food as well. There's so much great Asian food in Hawaii and so much diversity therein, and a lot of fusion. I feel like a lot of the fusion movement kind of started in Hawaii just because of the racial diversity that we had. Obviously, that would show up in the food that we ate as well. And there are a lot of things that you see that were trend, or not even trends, but were things that people were doing that were a part, a part of normal life in Hawaii that have now become trendy here. So, for example, pokey, right? 
um, the, the raw fish with seaweed and, and, you know, vinegar and sesame seeds and what have you. Like that, that was so common for me growing up. And it's funny, I go home now and you can buy it at the grocery store. It's so ubiquitous. You know, now maybe you can buy it at Whole Foods. But when I first came here for college, you didn't see it anywhere. Like a lot of the foods that I grew up eating back home, you couldn't find in L.A. And L.A. is already so forward thinking when it comes to food. So there were, there were some of those influences, which is really interesting. And there's also this local culture, right? Like local foods and foods that you can only find in Hawaii. So, you know, spam musubi, for example, is really is really common. And people did you say spam? Spam, yeah. Like the canned spam? It's nasty. Not all Hawaiian food is healthy, Catherine. Oh my god. Yeah. Wait, spam. Like, I didn't, yeah. I actually, I always thought that was like, you know, what was it? Like some Spare weird, parts and meat. <laughs> some weird cartoon sketch, the spam can. Oh, disgusting. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. It's funny. Not everything is super healthy. It's, it, people think, you know, Hawaii's all fresh fruits and vegetables and fish. And yeah, there's a lot of that, but there's also this local culture and that's macaroni salad and something called like a loco moco, which is basically like hamburgers um, with gravy on rice. Wait, (laughs) wait, stop right there. Hold the phone. A loco moco. Is that where the song came from? Do the loco motion? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's something there. Wait, so what's loco moco again? It's um it's a hamburger patty with gravy on top of it on top of rice with a fried egg. Oh, that sounds like a heart attack. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a heart attack. There's lo- local culture and local quote unquote local food. A lot of it is not very healthy, or like what they call plate lunch. Okay, um, cool. It's not super healthy in Hawaii. So, were you raised on that food, or were you raised on more of like a farm to table? Right. Well, my parents are very, very health conscious. Cool. And uh, to the extent to which, you know, my mom would try to cook without oil. Like, she would cook things in chicken broth. And, like, my dad had borderline high blood pressure. So, or not even borderline. For a while, he had high blood pressure. And so, she wouldn't put salt in anything. And <laughs> I was like, my mom is so almost militantly healthy and health conscious. And I remember after dinner, I would sneak and eat cereal. <laughs> Nice. And put some salt on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, that's awesome. So so your first experience coming to the mainland of the United States was college. I, you... I had been before visiting, but that, this was the first time I'd lived somewhere else. Um, well, that's actually not true. I lived in Beijing when I was 16 in high school, but the first time I'd lived in the continental U.S., yeah, it was in college. Okay, and you never left. You're like, I'm and here. I've never left. Yeah, I'm, here to stay. I, I'm in love with LA. Okay, so you went to USC, and what did you study at USC? Ashley, my girl, what did I'm you? Here. Oh, hi. Um, what did you study at USC? I studied business, um, in, and had kind of this emphasis in social entrepreneurship. So I've always been very passionate about using business as a vehicle for creating positive social change. I love that. So before we jump into your entrepreneurship discovery, you met this girl. You met this girl named Caitlin, who is now your, she's your co-founder of this company that we're going to talk about, Pulp Pantry. (laughs) How did you meet Caitlin? So we lived on the same floor freshman year of college. 
Aw. That's so <laughs> awesome. I love that. So you guys obviously hit it off and you found this love for, you know, whatever, traveling around, creating new cuisines. Guys, if you follow, you've got to follow Ashley on um, Instagram. She is like, I swear, she's always traveling or she's always like at some dinner party and she's always like <laughs> like showing the food that they eat and like has these crazy captions and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be there. But I feel like I'm literally eating with my eyes with her all the time. So right That's now, so actually, like I'm like like morbidly obese because of your Instagram. I love it. No, hilarious. but I am satisfied. Um, <laughs> so you met Caitlin. Yes. And Caitlin is from, she's not from Hawaii, obviously. She's from, she's from Chicago. She's from Chicago. So I love this. So you guys have, like, these two different, like, total just upbringings. And mm-hmm. um, and you hit it off. And mm-hmm. after you graduated college, you kind of started to collaborate into something? Yeah, or was so it during I guess what the time? happened was Caitlin and I kind of reconnected senior year when we were in a social innovation design lab class. And that's actually when she first had the idea for Pulp Pantry because Caitlin saw a friend of ours juice a carrot and was taken aback by the amount of pulp that was left over relative to the amount of juice that's produced. And to give you some context, for every pound of juice that's produced, three pounds of pulp are left behind. So when you think about that ratio, there's a massive amount of pulp and was just taken aback from Chicago where juicing yet wasn't really a thing and moved to LA, saw a friend juice because, you know, it's a thing that people do here. Yeah, right. And asked her friend, you know, so what are you doing with this pulp, this leftover material? And her friend said, hey, I'm just throwing it away. You know, it's not something that she felt particularly good about, but, you know, I, she, her friend said, I don't know what to do with it, right? So I just throw it out. And Caitlin got kind of curious about it and started asking other friends who juiced about what they did with their pulp. And they all kind of said, I just throw it out. I just throw it out. And, you know, she realized that juicing was becoming this trend in Los Angeles, not just amongst our friend group, but throughout the city, right? And there were all these different small to mid-sized commercial juiceries that were popping up. And so she thought, well, they must have a better solution, but she thought she would call to ask. So so started calling up these juiceries and asked them what they were doing with the pulp, and they were all throwing it out. Hmm. Um, and even the ones who wanted to compost it were not composting it because there were really no solutions for them because a lot of um, the composters were located, or farmers were located in um, Central California and wouldn't drive all the way into LA just to pick up from this small little juicery. So that's where she kind of identified there was an issue. Um, And then so she really started out very organically trying to figure out, hey, like, what do we do with this? Like, there's there seems like there's an opportunity here. Don't know what it is. But it's there seems like there's something here and it feels wrong to be throwing out so much healthy fruits and vegetables. And Caitlin's actually an environmental science major. And so she's always been very passionate about the environment and very passionate about sustainability and knew that diving in, you know, 40% of food in the U.S. is wasted. And most of that is fresh fruits and vegetables. And because it's wasted, it's going to a landfill and actually creating greenhouse gases. Um, And being an environmental science major, right, she was horrified by that and thought, hey, you know, there has to be a better purpose for this pulp. And that's kind of where pulp pantry really started right 
with this idea and this realization, hey, this seems wrong to be throwing away these fresh fruits and vegetables. And what's an interesting kind of side note is at the same time, she was volunteering at a community garden in South LA called the Garden School Foundation. And she saw that kids there were living in this food desert where they didn't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables and had never really even seen fruits and vegetables in their natural form on a vine or in the ground and thought, hey, you know, there's an opportunity here, right? On one hand, we have this surplus resource of fruits and vegetables, you know, really, really healthy that are getting thrown out. And on the other hand, you have these kids in South LA that, you know, aren't getting enough fruits and vegetables. And upon researching, realized that this is kind of this nationwide epidemic where I think 91% of Americans don't get their daily servings of vegetables. So that's that's kind of the origins of, of Pulp Pantry. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. I know when, gosh, Ashley, when you were telling me those kind of ratios and like percentages like of food waste, I mean, I'm not in, an environmental science major, but I, you know, obviously deeply care for the environment and the state that it's in. And we see it every day with, I mean, these cyclone bomb, like, yeah. like mudslides, you know, everything just becoming more and more terrible. And what people don't realize is that what you eat, what you support has a immediate effect, immediate effect on the environment. And if it's not immediate, it is what you said, you know, creating greenhouse gas, greenhouse gases from decomposing, um, itself, you know, and if you're not reusing that matter. So, so compost has a purpose really, Mm -hmm. you know, like you compost it and you use it again, you know, you take the nutrients, you use it for your gardens, um, and the soils and all that stuff. And what people don't, and that's also why the earthworm, you know, is there too. People have earthworms that break it down as well. Um, but that is staggering. Can we just say that again? 40%? 40% of food is... Yeah, 40% of food in the U- United States goes to waste. 40%. And that... Do- oh, my Jesus. And so, guys, if you really think about that, you know, that food... It's still consumable. I mean, you can still eat it. You can still eat it. Like, if you go to Whole Foods, and I know I have, and I kind of, like, kind of really bothers me. So you go to the apple section or whatever, and you see the men putting them out all nicely, or they're rearranging them, or they're taking them off the stands, and they're putting them in a different section. You see their little carts. They're rolling around, and then they have these boxes underneath, and they'll take a slightly, like, if I can just explain this to you, a slightly imperfect or maybe there's like a tiny, tiny little ding in the fruit. They throw it in the box. And I'm just like, what? Like, where's the apple going? Like, and it, like, all of a sudden, like, makes me, like, sad, you know? Like, I'm like, shoot, like, where's that apple going? And now we have companies like Perfectly Imperfect, which is a great company that sends you know, organic fruits and vegetables, like you can buy them and you can subscribe to these food boxes and it's perfectly imperfect produce, but it's still tastes the same. You know, people are so hung up on perfection. So let me not get off track too much, but I'm just seriously like baffled about one pound of juice when you go to the juice place. So I'm not going to name any names, but you're going to get your juice. You're going to go get your, your kales, your greens or whatever you're going to get. And, um, 
one juice, which usually is diluted with water, folks. Um, three pounds of pulp yep. most likely is wasted. So, Ashley and Caitlin, how did you get started? You you got you got the pulp though. Like, did you? She, Caitlin went around and was talking to these people and asking yeah. what she was calling. But did you like go with like like Tupperware containers and say like, hey, can I have your pulp or or I mean like, what do you do? Like, do you buy the pulp from them or do they just give it to you or like how do you do that? And then and then what do you do with that? And how do you know it's clean to like experiment with it or? Yeah, I mean today we have a lot of different systems in place to make sure that you know, our food safety is really locked down, you know, making sure that we pick up same day, making sure that it goes from a very cold facility to another very cold facility, making sure that the juiceries that we work with are trained on how to handle it and to put it in this separate food safe bin that we've provided them with. And then from there, how we handle it, you know, we also have different measures to ensure food safety and compliance. And that's something that we really dove deep into and have have gained this really in-depth understanding from being in this business, right? It's funny because it's like there's so many things that you learn that I never would have thought of when I was studying business at USC or even after USC when I was working in tech, right? Like from the behind my computer. <laughs> um, and now I find myself, right, like in this commercial kitchen <laughs> a lot of the time. And understanding all of the safety and health procedures or understanding all of these things around packaging and oxidation and moisture perme moisture barrier, right, and the permeability of different kinds of materials, right? You just really dive deep into it and try to understand all of these different facets, right? Okay, so, so back to the question of, like, I mean, okay, moisture so, okay, permeability. So, so, so basically how it, how it started, right, was just trying to figure out, hey, this is, we researched it, realized this is this very nutritious ingredient. Right. Right. Um, super nutrient dense. So to give you some, some context, it has 95% of the fiber, half the nutrients, and a third of the sugar of the whole fruit or vegetable. Right. Yeah. And I think something like 95% of Americans are also not getting their daily servings of fiber. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're like, hey, this is actually the superfood ingredient in many ways. Mm -hmm. Right. But again, no one's doing anything with it. So what can we do with it? And so Caitlin started out just making muffins, actually, and, you know, just trying to figure out a use for them, right? And going to farmer's markets, just selling these muffins. And that was kind of the first sort of user testing, just getting feedback on what kinds of things tasted good. And obviously, the first few iterations were not that great. And like, people were excited by Tastes the like cardboard. idea and the story, but it wasn't a great tasting product. And, you know, we realized that we needed to create a great tasting product. And so that product evolved into our current product, which is more of a snack, right? We have kind of this, it's funny, it's like we've been, we've been tinkering with this a lot, but we have this grain-free granola type cereal product and also a more snackable on-the-go crisp product, which we're about to roll out. and Like yeah. a cracker? Kind of like a cracker. Like, we have, like, both sweet and savory ones that, again, are, are made from really clean ingredients. You know, fruit, vegetable, and nut pulp. Okay, I love that. Um, because I, I just imagine Caitlin selling these muffins that are, like, 
hard rocks that are like cardboard. Yeah, um, they were the, the first few rounds were not not the best. <laughs> oh, they're like a little too hacky sack, like you know. The thing is, right? It's because pulp is so nutritious. You know it. And no one's really done anything with it to some extent, right? Like, there isn't really a lot of baseline in terms of what you should do with it, right? Like, if you have wheat flour, for example, there are a million recipes online for what you can do with wheat flour. And, like, to create pizza crust or to create different kinds of baked goods. But you're in many ways dealing with this sort of unknown quantity that it's it's the Wild West, right? It's uncharted territory, and it really was just this huge process of experimentation, and we've been working on that for quite some time, just getting the product to a place where people taste it and are like, this is delicious, not just our friends who are, hey, I really support your mission and your story, and I think what you're doing is amazing, but this kind of tastes like garbage. Yeah, exactly, but I'm being polite because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, but, okay, so you started at the farmer's market, perfect like one of the best focus groups, especially if you can get out free samples. Um, and plus the farmer's market, it's not always like one demographic. It's, I mean, it depends on where you go, I guess, but it's, it's like a multitude. It's like a, the mass market. And, and let's dive into, cause I know you and I are very, very picky about, um, health foods. Yeah. Especially, and a lot of those Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, especially granolas. Guys, yes. granolas. People are like, granola, it's healthy, it's got grains, it's, it's like oatmeal, yada, yada, yada. Guys, it's pretty much like eating a candy bar. You know, like most granola bars, or excuse me, most granolas on the market, on the shelves out there, are basically just sh- sugary candy crap, you know? and right. um. You don't realize that unless you read the ingredients and you look and you're like, why is there, like, all this, it's sugar, you know, like, why is there this syrup in there? Why is there, that's unnecessary, you know, if you really think about it. So, let's talk about how to create, or how you're on the mission to create the pulp pantry granola and the crisps that are sweet and satisfying to your taste buds, but are clean. So, like... What's the next yeah, step? Yeah, I mean, we we looked at the market and like like you said, right? We found that so many products, especially snack food, packaged food products, were really unhealthy, right? And there were so many products that had ingredients with this huge list that you couldn't pronounce, and you know, wanted to do something that was simple and that was actually good for people and actually things that we would eat, right? Like I know personally, right? Like I don't eat. I don't eat dairy, I don't eat refined sugar, you know, and I do that for health reasons. And I think that more and more people are coming to understand the impact that some of these different ingredients have on you. And just, you know, like you can, there are all kinds of different fad diets to some extent, right? Like there are, you know, there was the low fat, there was the low carb. Now a lot of people are on ketogenic or Whole30 or paleo. And there are pros and cons to all of these different things. But at the end of the day, I think we're all just trying to figure out how to make healthy choices. And the easier we can make it for people to understand what it is they're consuming and to empower them to be conscious consumers, I think, the better, right? And to be able to have this really clean and simple ingredient list for people to look at and not have it be something that they look at and they're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. This is confusing to me. Exactly. Part of it is just, yeah, empowering the consumer with a really clean list. So, for example, if you look at our carrot cake granola, 
you know, most granolas have oats and sugar as their first ingredients. Our first ingredient is almond pulp, and our second ingredient is carrot pulp, right? We have almond pulp, carrot pulp, some spices, dates to sweeten with a little bit of coconut sugar, no oil right now, and that's that's it. Okay, so I'm looking at your website right now, guys, which is pulppantry.com. And you can kind of, like, learn more about this, but and we're still going to continue talking about, like, the added stuff in there because I think it's really important for people to know. Um, it's kind of like going to – so say you're at, like, the grocery store and you have the prepared food section. That's essentially what a packaged good is. It's a prepared food. Um, but so you're like, oh, my gosh, that's healthy. That's the, the sweet potato – blah, 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 whatever it is. But what you don't realize is that they threw a bunch of, maybe they put honey in there, maybe they put sugar, maybe they put some sort of oil, like a safflower oil. Guys, you can't eat that stuff. So anyways, what Ashley is trying to do, and which I love, is that you have kind of minimized what fillers you're putting in there. So do you have kind of like a list that you kind of stick to for like your sweeteners, like like, how do you make yeah. it sweet? How do you make it not taste like cardboard, How not taste like bird food? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it's processed, right? Like, we dehydrate our ingredients, and there are very few granolas on the market that dehydrate. And a lot of that preserves a lot of the flavor. Um, but And it also preserves nutrients from the fruits and vegetables and the nuts. Um, but... Yeah, we, we're really careful about our sweeteners. Like, I would never put just sugar. Like, I think that anything, any sweetener that you put should have some additional nutritional benefit in addition to just being a sweetener. Like, there should be some sort of nutrient profile, which is why, you know, coconut sugar comes with added nutrients. Same things with dates. Dates has fiber in it, right? And it's not just, hey, like, white sugar that's just going in, spiking your blood sugar, right? And... What, what's great, too, is because our product has so much fiber, like any sugar that you consume with it is digested more slowly, right? And it doesn't spike your bloodstream because of that fiber that's helping with that slow digestion. I love that. And what people don't realize is that, like, <laughs> you know, this is not like the, the boxed cereal that says, like, added fiber. Like, guys, this is fiber. and And especially, like, this is perfect. Like I'm a vegan, um, and I I don't eat a ton of grains, um, so this is perfect also for the paleo lover. But I'm a vegan, and what a lot of vegans and a lot of specialty diet people or specialty food regimen people or people with allergies and intolerances don't realize is sometimes they knock out the fiber, um, you know, and that's essential to everything. So you hear all these people with like gut impermeability and and all that jazz, um, and also, like, this is, like, I, I kind of love this stuff, because the pulp pantry, it's, like, everyone's on the go, everyone's, like, running around crazy hectic, instant gratification, this is kind of, like, a one-stop shop, yeah, you might need, you know, a glass of water or something with it to, to digest it, you know, because you're getting all that pulp, but this is like a one-stop shop. You can take it hiking. You can take it to yoga. You can take it in the car. Give it to your kids, and you'll feel, like, really comfortable about that. Um, your dogs will love it. And don't give it to your <laughs> dogs. Eat it yourself. Um, 
but I love that, you know, and with the coconut sugar and the dates, the natural, the natural products, um, because we have to, like, I mean, you have found out by now that you have to, you have to make it a little bit. You have to make it taste taste good, good. right? Like, at the end of the day, you can have the healthiest product in the world, but if it doesn't taste good, people aren't going to eat it. No. Right? And we realize that, right? And you want to meet people where they're at, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to do something that is in line with the things that they already eat and not something that tastes so much like a health product that it's like I have to hold my nose to eat it, right? You want something that's genuinely craveable and something that they're excited about. Like, when I give product to people, they're like, Ashley, I just ate a whole bag. Like, that's, like, the best thing to me, right? When people are so excited about something that they're doing that. Um, And it's interesting, right? Like, what you were saying about on the go. We have these on-the-go lifestyles where everyone wants to be able to sit down and have this really balanced, healthy meal and cook and everything. But it can be tough, right? Like, I know sometimes, like, I'm on the go, I'm taking meetings, I'm not at home, and I don't have all these groceries to cook, and I want to eat something that's healthy and that's clean and that has ingredients that I can feel good about. Um, But I don't really have a lot of options. Like, even when you think about bars that are out there or most, like, snack foods, chips or crackers – I don't feel full when I eat them, and I don't feel good after I eat them. And so that was a big feedback that we heard as well, right? Like, I don't expect that a snack is going to keep me full, but since every serving of our product has 20% of your daily fiber, it actually does keep you really full, and it tides you over until you can make those, you know, sit down and eat a meal. Yeah, I love it because you guys have, like, you really are just, like, layman's terms. Like, you're layman's terms. Like, your food is layman's terms. It's not, and, and I don't know if I'm even using that correctly, but it's not mismarketed. So, say I'm going into my Whole Foods and I'm going in to, you know, pick out a quick snack. Like, you say it right then, right there. Plant-based, natural fiber and protein, dairy-free, refined sugar-free. It, I mean, it's literally, like, no gimmicks. I What was it? Oh, my gosh, I wish I could remember Yesterday, I went into the grocery store, and I, I was in some sort of section, but, you know, you, you pass by the the bars, the, 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 like, the boxes and boxes and boxes of bars, and it's, like, right. it's literally like picking out toilet paper at Target. Like, every time you go in there, and you're like, crap, do I want the mega roll? Do I want the double roll? Like, which one gives me the most? Which one's the softest? Whatever. What is going to give you the best bang for your buck? So... I saw this bar. What was it? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Oh, it was like a probiotic bar. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, do they like sprinkle in, you know, like, so I'm sick of it. Like, can we just have the real deal? You know, can we just have real food, right? Right. Food that's as close to its natural form. Right. right? It's something that, you know, again, it's not a reality for everyone to sit down and eat a whole meal. Like, cook 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 but how close can we get to that like you know what's the next best thing that's nutritious and hitting all those different aspects right that has healthy fats that has good fiber that's good for your gut that doesn't have a whole lot of sugar um, or added things in general that you don't need and just gives you what you do so that was kind of the ethos behind that right like a personal frustration that my co-founder and I had about not being able to find products in the market that we were really happy with and we were comfortable eating. My rule of thumb is for my clients is that if if you look at the ingredients, if you look at the back of the label or whatever, if it if it doesn't say or have, you know, 
90, 95% um, of the items made from the earth, the earth, from a tree, whatever, you know, and that, don't eat it. Like, don't eat it. If the majority <laughs> of it is stuff you can't even pronounce or say or a chemical that you're like, uh, oh, well, I don't know. Uh, and I think that's, you know, consumers are looking for that. Like, I hear my friends talk about why they eat, for example, RX bar, right? Because it's it spelled out for them. This is exactly what's in here. And you don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. And it's just right there. I love it. I love it. And I love, so, you know, we went through a, a time, we went through a time where everyone was just like, kind of like, I don't want fat in my diet. I don't want fat in my diet. And now it's like, you know, I want fat and fat's the new fashion, you know? And, and so now it's like, we got pulled pantry and like, everyone was always like, so, you know, oh, it's cool to have these you know, dine out boxes or like the throwaway cups. But now everyone's like, don't give me the bag at the grocery store. So I think that's pulp pantry is literally leading the way to the innovative, sustainable, real life, real food. Um, the mass market is picking up on it. Um, so you guys started at farmer's markets. Now you're in some grocers, correct? Yeah, we're in Air One. Um, Woo! So oh my God. <laughs> the natural grocer. They have locations in Venice, Calabasas, and Beverly. Um, and we're also at the Butcher's Daughter on Atkinney. Oh, nice. So we actually partnered with them and we're taking their juice pulp and making different men- uh, granolas for their menus. So I'm actually going to be demoing there this weekend. Um, if anyone wants to stop by, but we'll be demoing our carrot cake and potentially I think also our golden milk granola with their coconut yogurt. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, you'll have to tell us more about that. Um, okay, Air One. If you guys don't know what Air One is, it's like Whole Foods, but it's like high class. I mean, not that Whole Foods isn't high class, but it's like, oh my gosh, we need more Air Ones. Let me just say. Um, okay, so what's your what's your next plan to get it out to more people? Because obviously, let me ask you, darling, when you first got into this, you're like, we're gonna just we're gonna make our granola. <laughs> I mean, did you know what you were getting into? Like, all this research, all this, I mean, no, seriously. I mean, were you like, oh, I shit. mean, we didn't even really know at first how healthy pulp was, right? Like, until we really researched and got into it, we didn't understand that is this almost a superfood ingredient that's so high in nutrients, so high in fiber, right? And all of the research right now is pointing towards your microbiome, your gut, and, like, doing things that are good for your gut. And pulp is full of prebiotic fiber, right? And, like, there's been a lot of buzz around probiotics, but people don't necessarily talk about prebiotics. Prebiotics actually feed the probiotics and feed the the good gut bacteria and make sure that it's able to thrive and help you digest your food and, and keep your microbiome healthy. Yeah, so let's say that again. A prebiotic is is before the probiotic. So it's a prebiotic is the is the bacteria that kind of like sets or lays the groundwork for the digestive of those those bugs. Those bugs that are really breaking down and um and making things let's just say move and groove in your gut. Um and when mo- things move and groove in your gut, aka you can empty out properly in your intestines and your colon, then you can think so much more clearly. So that's what Ashley was talking about, and that's what I specialize in with my clients is the gut-brain connection. So I love this. I just love this. Um, Okay, so what else do you want to share with us, Ashley? You have something lingering? Let's do this. Something lingering. No, I mean, it's 
it's just trying to trying to get this message out there and rally people towards this movement of rethinking the way that we think about waste and like becoming more conscious consumers and being both conscious about how our actions impact the environment and doing something that's good for the planet but you know at the same time being able to do something that's good for your body right doing something that genuinely is healthy because our whole mission everything that we're doing is around helping people to live their best lives and we really believe that food is the foundation of that Right. So being able to touch on those different impact points and understanding that, you know, what you buy does matter and the impact of your dollar can go a long way. And, you know, making sure that you're making decisions that are conscious and we want to empower people and make it easier for them to make decisions that they feel good about. I love that. Um, so share with us your your flavors, your yeah, so right now our flavors are um, cinnamon spice, apple pie, and cacao crunch. Ooh, what, what's your favorite? My favorite cinnamon spice. Cinnamon yeah. spice. Wait, so do you guys vary your flavors um, per season? Yeah, so we have different seasonal flavors, and we've been working on some, some cool collaborations with different restaurants and juiceries and done kind of exclusive flavors for them as well. Um, but over the holidays, we did some holiday flavors as well, gingerbread, pumpkin pie, mm. and what was the last pie spice? Mm. That's kind of fun. And we're looking at launching a new line of savory as well. So that's kind of an exciting thing that's on the horizon to look out for. Oh my gosh. Um, I kind of like in the back of my brain, and we could talk about this more, maybe we can have a just being honest little pop-up style um, flavor. I've got some some uh, ingredients lingering in my head that could be kind of tasty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but what's your what's your favorite way to use your pulp besides just eating it? Besides just Like some it. crazy way that like you could share with the listeners so it can be like, well, you know, you just pour it over my coconut milk or almond milk or whatever. Like what's an, what are like some innovative ways that you suggest clients can use it? Yeah, I mean, I th- well, our granolas are really great as a pair. So they're really good as a pairing with coconut yogurt or almond yogurt, or if you eat dairy, Greek yogurt. Um, I've, I've seen all of that. You can make a little parfait with them and like layer them in a really pretty way. Um, you can put them in smoothie bowls or as a smoothie topper. Um, that can be really fun. You can just put some milk or not milk, depending on whether or not, again, you eat dairy and eat it like that. Um, but, you know, most often I... I literally hear people just kind of reaching into the bag and eating some, which is why, you know, we decided to make this more snackable option so that people would have something on the go that they could eat in the car or in front of their computer and really have a no-mess way of consuming um, the goodness. Well, I am going to grab some bags, and I'm going to make – guys, stay tuned. We're going to make some blog posts, some – some innovative recipes using this stuff so because fine. I have I some that. stuff in the back of my head. Like people could use it for, well, stay tuned. I'm just thinking like breading of, you know, of their, let's say tofu, tempeh, whatever. Um, I've got some fun recipes. I, I want to use those in some modern day foods, you know, salad toppers, all that jazz. Um, we're going to wrap it up pretty shortly, but, um, and actually I'm so I'm so grateful, A, that you're doing this, that you are thriving on this, that you are spreading this message in, you know, such a tasty manner. Haha. <laughs> 
Um, but we need more people like you in the world. And you and Caitlin. No, I'm serious. Like, and especially you're a young entrepreneur and you're doing it. So keep doing it. I'm so appreciative of your time. Um, I have one more question I want to ask you. Okay. Ask my listeners, okay? So get ready. What's your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Mm. What's your honest truth? I mean, I think that it's interesting. Like, my honest truth has helped me to live a healthy lifestyle, I think, is is more than anything. Like, to me, health is more than just food. Like, it's mental and emotional health. And my truth is, you know, do what you say you're going to do and also, like, like, be good to your relationships, right? Like, relationships are everything and community is everything. And, you know, this journey is not really an easy one, you know, trying to figure out how to launch a food company, trying to figure out how to launch a business, but what's really kept me healthy, both on a physical and emotional level, is is the relationships that I've had and the great friendships that have have really kept me, you know, keeping on, keeping on, right? And people who help you see perspective. And when you're feeling like you're really at a low, who are able to help you see, hey, you know, you're actually doing okay. Things are things are all right, and it's only gonna get better. Right. And so I think that's that's been really key for me in terms of honestly, health is is a, a bunch of different aspects and it's really not just physical. And I think more and more we're understanding how important mental health is as well. I love that. That's such a that's such a inspiring emotion. I mean, I, I kind of got emotional of that because it's so true. So many people will give up um, and so many people will also feed those entrepreneurs um, false false thoughts, false stories and say like, well, maybe you should just, you know, get a dust job. No. Yeah. But like surround yourself with good people who believe in you and believe in what you're creating and understand that, you know, you're doing what you're doing now. Any sacrifices that you make or any challenges that you approach are in service of this bigger goal and this bigger mission. And that's really what drives me too, right? The fact that it's more than it's, you know, we're not just a healthy snack company. We're really trying to do something different and create this bigger message about how we think about food in our country, how we think about sustainability and how we can empower people to make choices that you know, have this double positive, right? That are both really good for their bodies and really good for the environment. Ashley, well, thank you for your time. Um, we love that you successfully and you are still on your way and you're always going to be continuously learning I'm sure that you manifested this lifestyle this amazing lifestyle for yourself um and uh where can we find you where can our followers our listeners find you if they want to if they want to comment to you yeah I mean you can hit me up on Instagram um so our Instagram is at pulp mine is at ashley underscore miyasaki you can always email us as well, um, info at pulppantry.com, or even email me personally, ashley at pulppantry.com. Fine with me. Um, yeah, hit us up. Let's check out what we're doing. We're always super open to feedback and trying to just create great products that, you know, people are excited about, that taste amazing, and are good for you. So that's that's pretty much it. Awesome. Okay, guys, so that was Ashley Miyasaki um, from the Pulp Pantry. Pulp Pantry, P-U-L-P, Pantry. Um, 
we will have all of her information, all the contact information, where to find the goodies, where to get your goodies um, on the show notes. Feel free to subscribe to Just Be An Honest Podcast on iTunes or through um, Simplecast FM. And um, we want to hear your comments. We want to know... Did you like this? Do you want to hear more of this? Do you want to have Ashley back and say, Ashley, what's the next flavor coming out? Because obviously they're they're evolving and they're growing and they're changing all the time, just like nature. So um, comment to us. Give us a rating, five stars. We appreciate you guys supporting us um, and all of our guests. So we look forward to talking to you next time. This has been another amazing episode of the Just Being Honest podcast. This is KB. I'm signing off for now. I need a drink of water after that and maybe some granola. So talk to you real soon, folks. Kiss, kiss. Hug, hug. True food for thought. Talk to you next time.